We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 20th edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by NOS Advantage. We're getting you set for the waiver wire pickups here. Uh, not a huge lot of names, but certainly from a running back perspective in particular, there is a lot that we need to at least discuss and cover for all of you. And we have bye weeks as well, too, right? We had the, the Thanksgiving break, and now we have final and, two weeks of bye weeks. And two weeks too. until the playoffs. Yes, yeah. So plenty to uh, discuss in importance. We'll hit you in the break here and then come on back with the, the meat of the show, I should say. Again, welcome to the Tuesday, November 29th edition of the RotoWare Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. I'm Joe Barley, from JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me, as always, Jake Tarski at Roto Jake on Twitter. We are set. It's week 13. Like Jake said, we have two bye weeks, two weeks to go yet before the fantasy football players. For many, you are either uh, seven and six, six and seven, or somewhere in that range competing for one of the spots. If you're like Jake, you're dominating every single league you're in. Nine uh, and three top, across yeah. the board, pretty that's, much, that's, except for except for a couple, but. It's been it's been a fruitful year. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it, yes. the, the, the Mahomes, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chief stack has definitely made mm-hmm. itself known and far of Jake's leagues. Too, Mix so. that with a lot of chub. I've been able to survive no Jacobs. <laughs> to, uh, like put a pause in that sentence. Oh yeah, I guess so. Hey, are we doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> pause. Uh, all right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so before we get to the, before we get to the Monday night recap and also the way, top waiver pickers for this week's. Uh, Let's get a word from our sponsors, our title sponsors, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play and pickup contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry. If you hit all your picks, bet up on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up today with promo code NHWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at No House Advantage, or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right, before we get to the Week 13 Wave Wear pickups, we got to talk a little bit Monday Night Football. Steelers ended up pulling off the upset, I guess, right? 24 17. Uh, still didn't have a Kenny pick a touchdown. He completely overthrew George Pickens on that one. But we had some development from a wave wire perspective. So I guess I'll, we had talked about this off air a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's the Jelani Woods uh, reintroduction or, I guess, emergence in the Colts offense that was with Kyler Granson out. And then there was Benny Snell really taking over, getting the game-winning touchdown with Najee Harris out with the injury. Jalen Warren, their typical backup, was also not active for this game. Complicating things 
from the Steelers' offense. And it also, to make things worse, they are just a bad offense overall. So I'm not sure how we kind of uh, grapple with both these two facets mm-hmm. from the Wayboy perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, so weren't a lot of us talking about Jalen Warren in the past weeks, right? So he's somebody mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we thought of as a stash, stash in case uh, Najee Harris gets hurt. Of course, uh, you know, that hasn't been the case. Jalen Warren was inactive here. Um, he's got a hamstring injury. So that leaves us, uh, you know, with kind of a motley crew of backs here. Um, I think the back to own, I guess, if we know that Harris and we know that Warren are going to miss is probably Benny Snell because he was out there for 40% of the snaps. Um, here, I actually got to go down to the, I wasn't, we're going to discuss this in running backs, but there are plenty of running backs. So we can just, uh, we can just kind of move on here. So, uh, Benny Snell, 1% rostered. He, uh, had 12 carries for 62 and a touchdown plus caught his lone target, uh, and had over 40% of snaps, whereas Anthony McFarland was just under 30, had six carries for 30 yards and had two targets here. So, um, you know, you don't love any a whole, a running back in this offense necessarily, um, but that's where they were getting the touchdowns from. Najee Harris did score before exiting the game. Right. It, it, late in the second quarter is when it happened, and he never came back for the second half. And then, of course, Snell got the touchdown as well. So, um, you know, they are capable of scoring against a decent Indianapolis defense, I guess. Um, so, you know, there's – there's there's room in fantasy to to carry the lead back in this offense here. Uh, it just depends on how much of a timeshare and what's going to happen with these other injuries because it's a very very difficult thing to predict mm-hmm. when you have to do your waivers Tuesday night. But if you had to predict, I think it's Benny Snell for now. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. On the flip side of things, the Colts offense really got involved when Jonathan Taylor was doing things. Not surprising there. The fact yeah. that we had to pretend that Matt Ryan was not going to be the starter and that. Naheem Hines and other people had to get the ball. And and, and mm-hmm. with Jeff Saturday as the coach, I feel like there's been a re-emphasis on Taylor, even with that offensive line kind of being porous, yeah. which has been good to see. So the Steelers basically dominated the first half of this game. And then in the second half, uh, the Colts came out and had a, a real long kick return to uh, you know put them immediately on the Pittsburgh side of the field, deep in enemy territory. They went ahead and scored. That was the Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Then I think it was the Steelers three and out or close to it. Indy got the ball back, drove all the way down to the goal line again, botched exchange. I think Matt Ryan was credited with the fumble, so, of course, they didn't score. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they got the ball back, drove all the way down, and scored again. That was so Michael that, Pittman's yep. touchdown. Yeah, right? and that was the yeah. Michael Pittman touchdown. So great to see him score for the first time since, what, like week one? It's yeah, uh, something like that. It, it's been brutal for uh, the fantasy managers. But, I mean, like, you can see the comments out there on Twitter, like, man, what if you gave Michael Pittman a real quarterback? At, you know, at any point so far over the last couple of years, uh, you know, what could he be doing? Because at 6'4", he's capable of going up and getting the ball. And he made an excellent catch on fourth down to keep the Colts game winning drive alive uh, on a ball that was tipped, too. So, I mean, clearly the skills are all there with Pittman. It's just uh, get him a quarterback and a competent coach, GM, everything, you know, everything <laughs> else around him. I mean, the Colts have the highest paid offensive line in the league. Uh, they've had their share of injuries mm-hmm. here, but, um, you know, surprise, surprise, when Jonathan Taylor gets the ball and gets the ball frequently, they move the ball. I mean, he's getting pretty much four yards every first down, you know, the old Badger style, right? So, um, you know, he, he's setting Matt Ryan up for manageable short, third and short. They didn't have many big plays. They had uh, one longer play to Pittman, which, again, was just to throw the ball up and hope he comes down with it because he can do that, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and Paris Campbell and uh, and Alec Pierce probably can't aren't quite there yet, you know. And uh, but, but the point is, is, you know, when they pound the rock with JT, they have some success. And, uh, you know, if they took the lead in this game. It looked like they were in the driver's seat. Then, of course, Kenny Pickett led a pretty nice drive that had two pretty key third down completions on it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to keep that drive alive. Uh, they took the lead, got the two point conversion. And then there was this whole 
kind of botched indie drive. They got the ball with over four minutes left. They were really, really taking their sweet time, but they were basically putting all their eggs in one basket to score, uh, you know, on the final play of the game. I don't know if they were going to go ahead and do that go for two thing that's been popular this year. Yeah, just this they, week, right? Yeah, yeah, this week. Yeah, just this week, really. Um, but they were basically running all the clock out. So by the time they couldn't convert, convert on a fourth down, they had two timeouts that they couldn't take with them, but you know, there are 30 seconds left on the clock, so they couldn't do anything. So you'll see a lot of heat for Jeff Saturday and his clock management and just in general for them not having someone, you know, to maybe give them a little bit better strategy at the end of the game there. But, uh, but yeah, those are the big stories. Harris injury, Jonathan Taylor and Pittman had bounce backs uh, Jelani woods. I guess we'll talk about him more in tight ends. Yeah. You know, we don't need to dig into this game too far, but Jelani woods had a very interesting week. That'll, that'll get him a mention later in the show. And, uh, you know, that's that. Yeah. I'm glad we are going to save Jelani woods towards the end. Um, it's a pretty heavy week. I'd say, right, Jake, from a quarterback and running back perspective, Interesting names out there. More interesting names could emerge. Pass catchers, specifically the receivers, tight ends, right? Mm-hmm. It's not as lucrative. There's, It's not yeah. a deep option. It'll be like I had like two names written down until this morning. I had an epiphany to get some guys to give, us a sh- <laughs> to give us a show here. Mostly guys I was realizing that were under our 50% that I didn't expect to be. So I guess that's always a good thing there too. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's get to those waiver wire pickups again. Uh, we have buys this week, Cardinals, Panthers, just the two. And frankly, um, DJ Moore from the Panthers and, uh, maybe Deonta Foreman and Chiba Hubbard if you're losing uh, from that perspective. It's the Cardinal guys, right? Some Hopkins, Marquise Brown was activated off injured reserve. He's gone as well too. Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. James Conner, some relevant fantasy options from that perspective. No real kickers or defenses, which I'm I'm thankful for because I'm trying to churn through my streaming options um, mm-hmm. from those by perspectives. The kick, I'm sorry, the quarterbacks are going to be really interesting. So we had Mike White uh, emerge really last week with the Zach Wilson uh dumb interview answers mm-hmm. and Mike White torched the Bears, right? He was insane yep. in the weather game. And I, I thought that was a really impressive yeah. performance. You had Garrett Wilson get more involved. So there's Mike White. Then there's Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers may or may not play. He's obviously owning the Bears yet one more week, but uh, theoretically they will be mathematically eliminated. So there's Jordan Love potentially either starting this week or next week and then more. So how do we tackle this quarterback uh, conundrum, both from a two QB perspective and just overall strength? Yeah. So, I mean, from two quarterback wise, I think uh, Mike White seems to have, I would say Mike White is a safer bet than Jordan Love to start, you know, next week, Sunday, if I had to guess. And Mike White, he gets a matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, who are 29th against the opposing Mm -hmm. quarterbacks. They let Mac Jones have a real nice fantasy day on Thanksgiving. If you can remember that here, of course, you know, their offense is good enough to keep pace. So, uh, you know, that always works. But so Mike White has that going in his favor. Mike White has the return of Corey Davis, the reinvolvement of Elijah Moore, and the continued development of Garrett Wilson going in his favor. And the reason that I say Mike White's pretty safe for the job is you saw how his teammates responded to yes. him. Mm-hmm. His teammates are very much in favor of him being the guy. While Zach Wilson kind of sat and powdered on the sidelines. Now, I don't know if uh, – I don't know if, um, you know – if uh if that's a good look what you want that he's mad that he lost his job or if it's a bad look that he is the only one sitting out of these little film watching (laughs) sessions after mike white the quarterbacks coach the practice squad guy and flacco are all sitting there huddled up watching film while zach wilson's pouting off on the side i think overall it's just not a good look and uh the, the thing is is if the Jets were the normal Jets below 500 at this point, I wouldn't question it at all them going back to Zach Wilson because you have to see what you got. But the Jets are a playoff team, and Mike White gives them the best chance to win. I think they've seen what they've got, and it's not Zach Wilson, both attitude-wise and performance-wise. I mean, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I've i been pretty low on Zach Wilson. I was uh, 
not complimentary of him last year as well too. And and there are times where you're like, oh, okay, maybe there's an athletic player here. But I I think with all those weapons the Jets have, the fact that he couldn't get them going for just about any time he was playing this year should be reason enough to say no. It's it, it's it's Mike White's job. I actually mm-hmm. was thinking uh, this is from a super flex perspective. In the two QBs, you can you can answer this too, Jake. Yep. Uh, Mike White feels a lot like Taylor Heineke, who has been. M- more or less serviceable mm-hmm. uh, if you really were in desperate need of a super flex. Which one do you like more rest of season, Mike White or Taylor Heineke? Ooh, I got I'd have to look at the, okay. So I have Mike White's page up right now. Sure. And uh, outside of Buffalo in week 14, then he gets Detroit in week 15, Jacksonville 16, Seattle in 17 and Miami in 18. If you play that week, which you shouldn't, but some uh, do three of those. Are so outside of, right? outside of the Buffalo matchup here, his rest of season schedule is uh, glorious. I'll read you Heineke's if you want. Yeah, go for it. Hit okay, me. so you have the Giants week 13, then the bye week 14 for Heineke, yeah, which could course. be pivotal for people. Yeah, absolutely. You need a quarterback that week. Giants again week 15, mm-hmm. Niners week 16, Browns week 17. I think it's unequivocally, even though I think Heineke's played great, it's mm-hmm. unequivocally Mike White uh, as long as you think there is zero risk that Zach Wilson returns to the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, the other thing is the Jets' backfield, which we'll talk about, yes. is 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 very uh, is very banged up. So I think you know the best part and the most successful part of their offense is not going to necessarily be the running game. It's going to be uh, you know a lot of work at all three levels to the wide receivers here. And Mike White has proven capable of that. So yeah, I'd I'd take White over Heineke. I might make that move in dynasty league, but I probably aren't starting either of them over Dak Prescott. Yeah, um, I agree. I think I would. So I'm starting Heineke in a super flex. I will be making that change. If, yep. if Mike White is available, if can, I'll yeah, go if ahead and go pick ahead him and get him. Uh, yeah, given sure. that rest of season schedule. Exactly. And then, of course, we have to talk about Jordan Love, who um, who came out there and looked the best that I can remember seeing him as a Great. Packers fan. Mm-hmm. I've seen just about every one of his snaps, and uh, at least in the regular season. And um, and he came out and he was hitting wide receivers. Now, granted, the Watson touchdown was quite a bit Watson. You know, people people weren't quite expecting him to turn the corner and have that kind of breakaway speed, a guy his size. So that's a very good sign for the future. Um, and then, you know, I mean, he was hitting guys. He hit Lazard. I think he hit Cobb. Yeah, the Aaron um, Jones drop, right? That was yeah, a good throw on Aaron Jones. Exactly, yeah. So he was, he was putting zip on his throws, and they were accurate. So he came in, um, you know, looking very good, which, of course, is going to rile some Packer fans up a little bit. Um, but – we just, you know, the floor already came out and defended Rodgers. He's he's the guy that they're paying. If he can play, um, he will play against the Bears, and that's historically been a pretty good matchup. So just something to watch in two quarterback leagues. And then, of course, you know, if we're talking two quarterback leagues, I got to mention Sam Darnold looking like he's QB1 mm-hmm. in Carolina, you know, over Baker, third-string Baker, over P.J. Walker here. Uh, but, of course, the, the uh, Panthers have a bye this week, so uh, he's not going to really be able to help you there. But after the bye, Seahawks, Steelers, Lions, which are three pretty bad defenses. So some super flex appeal there. At least uh, you can back your white bid up in that Heineke league and um, maybe have a guy to be uh, competitive there towards the stretch. Yeah. I, I like Jordan love more than I would like Sam Darnold, even with the matchups. Uh, and I anticipate Jordan mm-hmm. love will play either this week or next week. I've, yeah. I've been hoping that they would play him sooner, but I understand why, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. why I Rogers mean, is demanding. Yeah. To be out there, I mean, once the Packers are eliminated and Rogers has a thumb and broken thumb, broken ribs. I mean, th- there's, there's really no reason. I, I just all about building the, the, draft capital value for Jordan Love at this point. That's that's what this regular season should be about to end for the Packers season. And I thought in rhythm throws for Love looked great. It's been the 
what can you do out of the pocket? What can you do when your first and second read aren't there mm-hmm. that we have to see? Andrew still hope that. that comes. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I, still... I agree. And I'm, I'm saying we're in year three. Like it, it should be, it, it mm-hmm. should be there for love at that point. So we talk about all these QBs, Mike White, Jordan Love, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson as well, who's at 58% rostered. And I think yep. at, at this point he's going to make his return against the Texans. Great. Probably for the leagues that are still competitive and listening to the show, he's been picked up. Uh, I, I may even be started this week. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's not worth discussing. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, not a lot. I have some interesting questions for you with Jared Goff. So Jared Goff at 46% roster. It's very possible that somebody has already said, uh, no, you're not going to have this interesting streamer discussion, Joe, because he's picked up and there's no reason to be able to talk about it. Would you play, if you have Jared Goff, uh, against the Jaguars over Tua, who plays the 49ers, or a few others? Like Jared Goff might be like a top seven quarterback play this week, and he's available in over 50% of leagues. I'm mildly interested. I don't know if I'd go him over Tua. I'm not quite that bold here. And um, I would, I mean, the interesting question for me is Goff or Deshaun Watson here, right? Because they're similar levels of ownership. And Watson has the the, uh, the Texans this week, who at least on paper are a pretty decent uh, team. Deshaun Watson gets his former team, right? We could talk mm-hmm. about that, you know, for a whole show, I guess. Uh, but we can move on from him, you know, and rightfully. No, Goff is interesting, but... Um, I don't know. The times I've picked up Goff and started him, I always get burned by like three Jamal Williams touchdowns weeks. And, and uh, you know, so maybe I'm a little biased by that. But he is definitely an interesting and he's a viable streamer. And at 46%, I think, uh, you know, he's the least available streamer, but the most uh, viable streamer for sure. Do we, I mean, I mean, do you think Watson outscores Goff this week? Is that what you're saying? Um, it's going to be close, but I think I'd probably go Goff if I'm making that lineup decision and uh, if I have the freedom to make that lineup decision, it's not a super flex league or you have an established QB one. If I have the freedom to make that lineup decision, I'll wait and see one week on Watson just to see what he looks like. See, I was going to say, I'll, I'll Culver's board bet that in a second. I think Goff is going to destroy Watson. I, you know, and I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I think it takes time. I mean, we are two years past from Deshaun Watson actually playing an NFL game. He's got a new system. People are going to be booing the heck out of him. You know, like I, I think it's going to be, a difficult place to be successful in. So I don't think Watson will be uh, a quarterback one this week. And I do think Jared Goff is going to be fantastic. I, I get the Jamal Wing concerns that that's, that's fair, but the Jaguars defense is not very good. And for all the question marks that the Lions defense has, their offense is really good. I, I mean, that's, that's They're fair. They're keeping them in point. games when the defense is, is giving up a whole lot of points. So that's, yeah. Other other streaming candidates, Ryan Tannehill at 90% roster against the Eagles. Nah, I'm not interested in that. Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. against the Giants. Yeah. I'll play him uh, if Mike White not, if Mike White is not available, but this is probably the last stretch again. Taylor Heineke by next week and then a very difficult playoff uh, tier. If you're looking at Superflex, Matt Ryan against the Cowboys. No, Mac Jones against the Bills. I hope not. Kenny Pickett against the Falcons? I mean, that's the one where it's like, oh, Kenny Pickett's a very bad player, but the Falcons are not a very good team. Uh, yeah. And at some point, Pick it has to throw a touchdown, right? Exactly. I'd almost take the inverse of that. Marcus Mariota, 38%. Mm. He's he's the home against the Steelers. Now, the Steelers defense, of course, has TJ Watt back, and he has been, um, you know, he makes an impact on that defense. You know, I'm surprised to see him back so soon, but uh, he is he is impactful in terms of batting balls down, making big plays. So uh, that's a little bit concerning, but I'd still probably roll Marcus Mariota here. I mean, if Matt Ryan was able to, I wouldn't call it a productive fantasy day but you know above average by matt ryan 2022 standards then then i'll take Mariota mixing in a little with his legs 
Yeah, uh, I understand that with the with the Mariota rushing part. You had mentioned uh, on the rundown here, Matthew Stafford is a cut. Do you want to expand upon that at all? Yeah, I mean, there was some rumblings earlier that he might miss the rest of the season, but uh, apparently, you know, he's got a neck injury showing improvement with his symptoms, and he gets through the concussion protocol. The Rams are viewing him week to week. Um, there's a couple decent matchups against Seattle and Las Vegas up here, but then he gets the Packers and the Broncos, who are pretty tough. If you had to cut Stafford for a guy like Goff or Deshaun Watson or ooh, or even Mike White, possibly, um, you know, it's not like Stafford was getting you more than 15 a game anyway this year. So roll the dice and make it happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Uh, let's go ahead and move to the running backs here before we do. So get a word from our sponsors. Blue Wire again for the video audience. Uh, we'll be right back. Audio audience will be taking a little bit, a little bit of a break. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so running backs overall, we had mentioned Latavius Murray last week as a pickup, Samaj P. Ryan, and you had called this, I had thought about this, um, 
when it was announced on Saturday that Joe Mixon was not going to play, concussions have been a little bit more than a week-long thing in the NFL this year. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because of the Tua concussion or whatever else. but Especially if there's been multiple concussions. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So Joe Mixon did not play. Samaj so P. Ryan had an interesting enough contest. You had Chuba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman, I think I saw, combined for 41 total carries against the Broncos. So Foreman had 24, Chuba Hubbard had 17. Unless I'm reading that incorrectly, Chuba Hubbard ended up being fine. I'm dropping Chuba Hubbard, again, with the bye week for the Panthers this week. Yeah, uh, it, It's just not interesting enough to me. But, <laughs> I mean, like that's kind of a crazy workload. Am I, am yeah. I reading that box score correctly, right? The yeah, 17 team? carries, 24 Insane. for Foreman. Foreman was only on the field for 52.2% of snaps, but got 24 carries, so. And when he's out there, he's getting the ball. And uh, yeah, so 35 snaps, 24 carries for Foreman. 29 snaps, 17 carries for Hubbard. Hubbard didn't even get any targets, so either. Yeah, Foreman had the the more fancy points overall. You had to break this news to me as we came into the office, but Mm -hmm. it appears like uh, Josh Jacobs, who is now, I think, had the eighth most rushing yards in a single game in that overtime victory last week, uh, suffered a calf strain at some point. And is very iffy for weeks 13. Now, if you yeah. remember, he was also uh, he showed up in the injury report late Friday uh, and was questionable. And there was concerns. I guess it was actually Saturday. There's questions that he'd be able to play at all. So if Josh Jacobs doesn't play uh, and I have Jacobs in a main league, so I was dealing with this problem Saturday. Who is the backup? And I think that's going to be really an interesting conversation. So you're saying yeah, Amir absolutely. White, I'm sorry, Amir Abdullah and Zamir White and Brandon Bolden are kind of your three mm-hmm. pieces. So, okay. break so Bolden, we have to remember, left the game hurt uh, after playing just 11 snaps on special teams, didn't even play on offense. So if Bolden comes back, you know, we don't know. Um, you know, he's taken only eight offensive snaps total over the past six games. Or, so I can, uh, I can rule him out in that situation here. Um, Amir Abdullah, now if you look at, the um the you know the the layout from Sunday Amir Abdullah um you know Josh Jacobs had 61 snaps Amir Abdullah was number two with 14 um and he turned that into three carries and three targets you know touchdown I think though too right um yeah I think he might have squeezed one in there it was like 28 yards and a touchdown I saw I don't know the red zone uh the red zone promise the Hanson promise that I could turn to my local CBS station to catch the end of that game turned out to be wrong I turned over and I had 60 minutes I was like watching Anderson Cooper you know some something about some anyway uh but I didn't get to see the end of that game but um but yeah uh he was his first touchdown of the season so congrats to Amir Abdullah however Abdullah was really only in the game on uh you know third and long long situations uh so that was pretty much what he was there i would actually probably turn to zamir white a little bit more because um he was on the field for three snaps but he got two carries so uh, i guess i'll Mm. tell i guess i'll take that a little bit because uh will abdullah get some carries yeah sure um but i think uh zamir white gets the most carries and what's interesting here is that it's a very very juicy matchup against the chargers i think they're the only team um or uh, the Packers are the worst, probably. I, I'm just assuming. And the Chargers are the second worst uh, ranked defense against opposing running backs in half PPR format. So both guys could actually be viable here, but I think I would um, I would be more likely to expect. So now you have to guess the goal line carries. Then what? Right? And Zamir White, six feet, two fifteen, sure. Um, and his runs were on first down too, for whatever that's worth. So you know he is the guy that was spelling. Jacobs in that role, you know, for the very small amount of time that he needed spelling. So uh, I'm going to lean towards uh, Zamir White in this one here. But, uh, you know, Abdullah could be a PPR flex if you had to. Yeah, the complicating part of this is that it appears Zamir White is your your runner and Amir Abdullah is the pass catcher in this Josh McDaniels Raiders offense. If you think back to all the way when uh, Amir Abdullah was the second round rookie for the Lions back, uh, what, five, six years ago, 
Abdullah was billed as a between-the-tackles ball carrier. He was not just this pass-catching running back. So it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to me to see Abdullah kind of fit into that role with the Raiders yeah. want. I, I mean, it, there's going to be offense. This is Chargers-Raiders, divisional match, a really important game for the Chargers in particular. Mm-hmm. I would anticipate both Samir White and Amir Abdullah could be startable if you really are into that kind of a, a tough spot. Exactly. But the rushing defense part of the Chargers is the key. And if it is Zamir White getting those carries, then I would imagine Zamir White will be mm-hmm. a top 25 play this week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and I, if you're the Jacobs owner, this is a big fat bid situation too. You can't take it with you here and you need to make sure you're getting into the playoffs. So chances if you're a Jacobs owner, unless you completely botch the rest of your draft, you're already looking like in pretty good shape for the playoffs. You know, I'm sure Jacob owners had a 99% win rate last week, but, uh, but of course you have to check and monitor his status here. He could show up and practice and look fine and, uh, and turn things around. But I am a little bit skeptical because the calf injury was there. And, uh, you know, now we're hearing about it once again. So we'll I'll see. jump a little bit um, on the play sheet here. Somebody's asking about Jalen Warren. So I will we'll reinforce what we were discussing with the Steelers earlier. Again, it looked like Najee Harris was had the abdominal injury on Monday Night Football. We had Jalen Warren mm-hmm. not play this past week with the hamstring injury. He was inactive, and then Benny Snell got the workload instead. Our, yeah. Let's just say Jalen Warren plays this next week. It didn't feel like the hamstring injury was – Super bad. Uh, I think he – I don't know if he remember. No, I don't think he practiced at all this week. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's more concerns. Like how, how do you sort out the Benny Snell, Jalen Warren situation if Najee Harris doesn't play? <laughs> you know, you're asking me to toss a coin about a bad situation here, really. I wish there was some kind of analysis I could give you to say it's definitely going to be Jalen Warren or it's definitely going to be Benny Snell, but I have no way of knowing that. I still would guess Benny Snell because he's the healthiest, right? He has, he's had no nagging injury and, you know, we'll see, you know, if he made it out of this game. Okay. But, um, you know, interesting in comparison to Jacobs here, Najee Harris, the abdominal, if it's a hernia, he needs surgery and he's out for the year. So, um, you know, watch that with Najee Harris. We don't know that for sure, but, uh, but these guys are both going to be, uh, interesting. Uh, of course, Jalen Warren was the guy that was next up on the depth chart, um, and was getting threat. It was a guy that Mike Tomlin was talking about as someone that could start. Um, but now we'll see how it goes again. You're just gonna have to watch his practice time. And unfortunately for Tuesday night waivers, you don't really have that luxury. Right. Yeah. And that that's the part of this. I mean, all the running backs and we'll discuss, uh, Jamichael Hasty and the Jaguars in just a second. There's complicating circumstances. There's no cut and dry. Oh yeah. we yeah. got to go ahead and make this call. So ETN enters his foot, uh, what play four of that win over, um, the Ravens. Jamichael Hasty steps in immediate production right away and by default, right? Because James Robinson is over in the Jets now getting uh, healthy and active. We'll discuss about it in a second, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, ETN comes after the game, downplays the injury altogether. This is, to me, the most obvious pickup if you have Travis ETN. Whereas you mentioned Josh Jacobs, you could you mm-hmm. shouldn't go pick up Jameer White or Jameer White. There's still the Amir Abdullah factor. If ETN doesn't play, it's like Jamichael Hasty is going to get 60 offensive snaps they, they have yeah. nobody else and a guy named snoop connor would come exactly well, snoop you know? connor got three carries for 11 yards actually was more effective <laughs> than uh jamichael hasty you only had 2.3 yards per carry uh but where hasty is really interesting is in the passing game caught all five of his targets for 67 in a score granted they'll be the uh you know who do they have this oh, week? they have a really good match oh, they have the lions yeah Jared that's right Goff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So granted, they have Detroit next week, and they'll play for it a little bit. Um, also, remember that the Jaguars claim Daryl Henderson, too. Um, I don't know how much that is going to affect things, really, especially if we're talking about Hasty's strengths being in the passing game. But for now, ETN owners should definitely get that bid and lock up Hasty just to be safe. Yeah, that one that one feels to me like a layup, but only if you have ETN. Like, I don't know if I'm wasting a roster spot, especially if ETN believes this is not serious injury on a guy that might play one week and have a favorable situation. I think back to the playoffs of last year when Justin Jackson filled in for Austin Eckler, won a lot of people leagues and then was 
gone the following week. So it, it might yeah. be one of those situations if you are in desperate need of a running back, Hasty makes the most mm-hmm. sense. Um, I'm looking for a new flex play after Damian Pierce has been garbage for the last two yeah. weeks here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Deontay Foreman's sitting on my bench. Otherwise, I've got some dead weight like Jaseki I don't need. Oh, he had um, zero points. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, so I'm starting to think about uh, you know grabbing one of these guys just uh, for some depth. Now it's full PPR, so chances are I'll throw in Deontay Johnson or something like that. But uh, but there's, I mean, if you've been relying on Damian Pierce to date, you're definitely feeling a lot less confident about that now, and some of these guys are going to come up. The other new situation would be the Jets one, and that's in part because we have Michael Carter leave with an ankle injury, but it was not a high ankle sprain. That was. <laughs> I love how they speci- specify low ankle sprain now. Yeah, we have to like uh, go ahead and put that over. So low ankle sprain, not as serious as a high ankle sprain, which would sometimes lead to injured reserve spot. Mm-hmm. James Robinson in this game was a healthy scratch. Then you had Ty Johnson and uh, Zonovan Knight both have pretty productive games. Now, Johnson's touchdown was at the end, and again, this is against the Bears defense, which is just not very good and got worse after the Roquan Smith trade. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. It's hard. I mean, like this is a toss-up. If you're in deeper leagues, you can go ahead and make a case to roster any one of these six running backs, more or less, that we've just discussed. But there isn't one cut-or-dry option, and I think this is, again, a complicated situation that I don't have an answer to. Yeah, I would say that Zonovan Bam Knight, is it Bam or Boom? I forget what it's it Bam. is. Yep. It's Bam. Yeah, Zonovan Bam Knight is your guy because he took 64% of snaps in the second half compared to 29% Johnson. And, of course, a lot more carries, a uh, far more effective runner here. I don't think Ty Johnson is someone the Jets want to give a ton of carries to necessarily. And, of course, this presumes Michael Carter um you know he has to miss the game or or they try to preserve him a little bit and of course we never know we assume you know if they went out and got james robinson we assume that he'll be uh active in some capacity but maybe he's just not really doing it in practice and uh we'll have to see but i think zonovan knight is the guy uh to roster out of this group and um i would definitely pick him up before johnson or even james robinson at this point i feel better about him it comes down to bam knight and jamichael hasty which we're just not going to know for a few days. That's the most frustrating part about this whole thing. But uh, we'll run down all the names and hopefully get you somewhere here. So uh, I'll tie this into basically a precursor that you can do for the rest of the guys. Uh, Dollar Bill DDB asks, which like how would you rank the priority pickups for these running backs? Jamichael Hasty, uh, Donovan or Zonovan Knight, Benny Snell, and Kyron Williams. I mean, it depends who you have on your roster. <laughs> you know, it, it relates directly to the uh, the ETN situation. I actually. Um, I think Kyron Williams has a safer workload than any of them, actually, you know, because Daryl Henderson's gone. Cam Akers is involved a little bit, um, but, you know, Kyron Williams might have the worst uh, roster. So give me um, Kyron, Bam, Hasty, and who else am I missing? Uh, Benny Snell. Snell? Yeah, Kyron Bam, Hasty Snell, because uh, just because of the Warren coming back situation. Yeah, and I think I'd flip it. I'd have I would have Kyron Williams first. Still, I mean, we've been touting Kyron Williams now for four weeks, so yeah. this is where this is on brand for us. Uh, I would have Hasty next, then Knight. I'm not convinced that if you really have an inactive James Robinson, that he's just you're not going to use him in a case where Michael Carter is out. Like that's the one place where you would imagine James mm-hmm. Robinson would be effective. I mean, if you buy so, into some of the PFF stats, like it wasn't James Robinson, one of the lowest graded running backs. I know he had a couple of big plays here that broke away and made his stat lines look, you know, better on paper. And of course, like, oh yeah, running back's going to be bad without all his good plays graded, right? But I think, uh, you know, efficiency-wise for the majority of his carries uh, wasn't wasn't really passing the eye test, at least according to those guys. So there is some uh, rationale for why he might be sitting on. 
we're spending a lot of time on running back and, and rightfully so because the the pass catchers are a little bit weak can you hit the other ones kind of a bullet form here that you yeah yeah so we hit uh we hit kyron williams he's 36 percent rostered and took 71 percent of the snaps twice as many as acres 11 carries compared to eight for acres he's the 60 40 guy in a committee on a bad offense with a second third fourth string quarterback so take with that what you will but uh williams is just as viable as any of those guys that we talked about i was wondering how some of these guys might compare to a guy like tyler l year who is 47 percent rostered so below our threshold still got 11 carries sunday at washington gets a decent matchup against pitt next week before a bye um again i don't love it i've never been a huge fan of this guy this season but i figured he's worth a mention here because double digit carries is noteworthy then i want to run to you on the chargers here josh oh, kelly yeah. is back here mm-hmm. he's the eckler hat handcuff now right it's he outsnaps yep. spiller and spiller is going to be my first drop uh when i look to pick up one of these running backs yeah i mean i was in uh, i'm dead last in stake league or thereabouts. So I've been churning the very, very worst roster in stake league round. And Joshua Kelly was one of my pickups. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think you get to activate off injury reserve this week, but they did choose to make that call. He is the handcuff to Austin Eckler in that sense over Spiller mm-hmm. and Sonny Michelle, who's been phased out of the offense altogether. I think the more compelling Chargers questions can be at wide receiver. And I'll have about zero mm-hmm. answer for that <laughs> because that was an interesting game for DeAndre Carter. We'll get to that uh, a little exactly. bit more. Do you want to talk about any cuts? Yeah, so I mentioned too? Spiller can get cut now. Uh, Kenyon Drake had just two carries on 25% of snaps with Gus Edwards back. Mix that in the fact with J.K. Dobbins coming back soon. Kenyon Drake can be on your drop list. I got to commend you on James Cook. You called it unsustainable. It was indeed unsustainable. <laughs> uh, he's an unstartable stash candidate there, so I could see him going back on the wire in, in shallower leagues. You don't throw him out in your starting lineup. Um, he's someone that you hold on to, you know, if, if something were to happen at Singletary and that is about it. And then I know Travis Ebner got a lot of love for the bears because they were going with the two back system with Montgomery and Herbert, but now it is a sole one back yeah, system shocker, with Montgomery. Ebner's not nearly yeah. as good as Cleo Herbert. That's what happened. Yes, exactly. So Ebner can go back on the wire. Plus Cleo Herbert might be back around week 15. So keep him on your IR spot if you have a shot. Yeah. Speaking of IR spot, um, somebody asked, should they drop Cordell Patterson, who's been inconsistent uh, after coming off injured reserve? We mentioned Algier and Huntley as well, too. Huntley got the two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Should they drop Cordell Patterson for J.K. Dobbins in a half-point PPR setting? Half-point PPR setting? Um, I mean, it depends. If you uh, – you know, I hate to put all these qualifiers. This is a tough, shallow league question here. But um, I haven't really looked into Dobbins. I had zero of him all year long. If you're not starting Patterson anyway, then I sure I'd get Dobbins. I'd pick him up. Um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd pick him up and, and hope for some kind of ceiling that's better than what Patterson offers. But if you're relying on flexing Patterson, which there are very, very leagues where you wouldn't be right. If you have Patterson, you're probably yeah. you're thinking about a flex every single week. Um, I'd, I'd probably keep Patterson for now. So it's it's dependent on the circumstances. Yeah, I, I as somebody that has taken a lot of Dobbins, have a lot, a lot of shares of him. Um, the concern or the hope was. Dobbins would be good enough all season long that one Gus Edwards eventually came out of the pup list or injured reserve that Dobbins would still get the majority of the carries. Mm-hmm. Well, here you go. As Edwards is off the pup list, fine enough. 16 carries for two yards and touchdown uh, this past week. I think they'll split the workload. Dobbins is still a more explosive player, and that may be mm-hmm. beneficial to the, Ra- or the Ravens offense overall, but they haven't looked that good. I, I would exactly. have thought the Ravens offense would be better, and they haven't been. So uh, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a horse apiece. And he's down to get back into practice this week. This is his window, right? Dobbins, yep. Yeah, but um, Dob- yeah, Dobbins, exactly. But, um, you know, he'll probably be eased back in in a committee. Not great matchup against Denver this week. Then some better matchups against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Atlanta in weeks 14 through 16. And then Pittsburgh again. Um, so he definitely, uh, I mean. It's like, it, what do you what do you think 14 carries does 
for Dobbins in those matchups, and you hope that he stays healthy. And I think, okay, Dobbins is a really good player, 14 carries, 80 yards, maybe he scores mm-hmm. a touchdown. Yep. That's hard. I mean, like that's hard to say that's going to happen every time because Gus Edwards is going to get at least 14 more of those. Too. Yeah. And meanwhile, the Falcons action. have like the highest run percentage of any team in the league. Yeah, the Steelers and, stink. Right? Yeah. It, 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 just the slower games, and that's a good point as well, too. How many plays overall – Will the Ravens have? Yeah, so compelling question there. Uh, and obviously from a waiver wire cuts, you know, the Kenny Drakes and James Cooks of the world for sure. Let's go ahead and move over to the wide receivers before we do work from our sponsors. Pickett. Pickett is a social bet tracking app that takes out all the hassle of tracking your bets and performance over time. Pickett connects to every major U.S. sports book. I love this. And DFS pick and provider. Uh, once you hook up at all sports books, Pickett does all the heavy lifting to slice and dice your betting data. You get detailed historical PL graphs. Breakdowns by team, sport, player, and bet type, and a whole lot more. You can also line shop for the best odds across your linked sports books to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. When your bets are live, you can track the scores and stats of the games you bet on, as well as player prop updates for most major player prop markets. No more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. By far the biggest differentiator is that Pickett's sinks history and bets from all legal major sportsbooks. There's no manual entry required to track your bets. Once you have your accounts linked, it's effortless from there. The social feed and community is what turns Pickett from just a bet tracking app to a home for betting where you can learn from others, see what others are doing, and find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Pickett.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Pickett app today. Boy, uh, once that gets legalized in Wisconsin, you can bet I'm going to be downloading Pickett. That's an awesome idea overall. So wide receivers, we had mentioned uh, Traylon Burks from his big breakout Thursday night game against the Packers. Uh, Darius Slayton was actually one of my top uh, top Thanksgiving picks. We did the mm-hmm. uh, solely Thanksgiving uh, spread on SiriusXM. He did great, and everyone else sucked on my team, so thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, Paris Campbell, Sky Moore, all guys that we had mentioned. I think it's time to revisit the Traylon Burks thing again, right? So I'll, I'll let yep. you go into this a bit more because you've been a little bit higher on him prospect-wise than I have been. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I held him throughout his entirety of right. the IR in, in 12-team leagues, basically. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do like the guy quite a bit here. Um, now, granted, if you look at his 15-point fantasy week, uh, six of those points came from a fumble he fell on that Derrick Henry did all the work on. So so keep that in mind here. <laughs> Cheater. Remember? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, really, it was more of a nine-point fantasy week. But um, and the other and the other concern is he's really been third among Tennessee wideouts in snap share each week since his return. But 66.1% of snaps Sunday was his second highest total of the ceiling in the three of the season. I'm sorry, in the three games since his return, uh, he had six, eight, and six targets. Uh, he's had some tough matchups, some tough individual cornerback matchups recently, but now he gets Philly, who um, who lost several uh, cornerbacks. Uh, Gardner Johnson, we don't know about his status. Yeah, it seemed like a serious yeah. injury. Slay was on and off the field a little bit in that game. So uh, we'll see what's going on with Philly. And also there's a game flow situation, right? They have to keep up with the Philly offense. So uh, that's a better matchup than what it says on paper. And then Jacksonville the week afterwards. So a couple of nicer matchups for Burks coming up. His role continues to grow. grow, And, you know, he's obviously got a a physical specimen, draft pedigree. Uh, He's got all the upside in the world. Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. Uh, Out of all these guys we're going to talk about, Burks is someone who I would actually – put in my starting lineup as a wide that's receiver. A, that's three. a really good point. Yeah. I you know, the rest really of these guys point. are possible pickups here, but nobody that I feel super confident about starting Burks, at least I think you'll get you six to eight points with the possibility of getting you 15, 20. Yeah. Um, we had a user question actually about Evan Ingram, the tight end with Zay Jones and his workload, ele- uh, sorry, 11 receptions, 14 targets. He's got 24 of the last two weeks alone. What's your thoughts mm-hmm. on Zay Jones? You had mentioned that Burks is the only one you may consider if you're in deeper leagues, would Zay Jones be uh, in that yeah. same equation? Well, I mean, I pick Zay Jones up 
you know, as, as making sure I have the best total roster from top to bottom I have every single week. I won't leave him out there for somebody else to get. I won't leave him out here for my opponent to get. Mm. If something happens with an injury and they need to get, you know, six, eight, points off a wide receiver guy but say jones uh is only 25 percent roster because i'm guessing a lot of people dropped him after the week 11 by like you said 24 targets in the last uh two weeks he was tied with christian kirk for the team high snap share this week but over the past five weeks he has been the snap share leader uh entirely on his own so zay jones is uh going to be my number two pickup after burks i'm answering another question here uh that you, you don't need to be involved in so okay you want to discuss I can the jacoby myers thing no it's, it's yeah fine. I, yeah i can definitely hit a few more names here uh jacoby myers so uh he has a shoulder injury he downplayed it Technically, the Patriots have a short week because they play on Thursday, but they also played on last Thursday, uh, so it's a, a normal week, you know, uh, by, by by those standards. But um, meanwhile, Nelson Aguilar is only one percent rostered. Um, has been seeing his role increase, um, you know, since the week ten by he had three targets and a sixty-one percent snap share, and then on Thanksgiving he had eight targets on a seventy-eight percent snap share. That resulted in six catches for 65 yards and a score. So while I'm not too crazy about Nelson Aguilar, he is an option uh, in deeper leagues. Because remember, Devontae Parker's still around. Hunter Henry is looking. Hunter, you know, you know. Spoiler alert: He probably should have had two touchdowns on Thanksgiving, only had one. Um, so, uh, so is yeah. It a spoiler if it's really discussing a game from. Oh yeah, that, I'm a spoiler <laughs> discussing one of my tight end waiver wire oh, pickups okay. for, for later on. That's what I'm talking about here. So, uh, but anyway, Nelson Aguilar is a name that you can look at. Um, I know we've talked about Jameson Williams uh, several times this year. His ownership's creeping up there, 39%. He was back in practice Monday, though he's looking unlikely for week 13. He might be able to help you down the stretch. He's a guy where, you know, you don't, you're starting lineup set, right? And you're just hoping for a home run with your last bench spot. So go for it if you'd like. Um, you can go to the Jets. Geez, they're interesting because it seems like Garrett Wilson has uh, the, the top, uh, you know, is the top build receiver there. Uh, Corey Davis is 13% rostered, just coming back from an injury. Um, only had three targets, I believe, in that game. So he's probably ramping up. And then, of course, you have Elijah Moore, which um, I don't know what he had. His, he was holding the football all week and whispering to it, or if, if I saw that story correctly. But anyway, he's only 26% rostered, obviously still with the Jets, didn't get traded despite uh, his issues here, scored his first touchdown of the year. All right, you know, but just the 34.4% snap share. So while I'm seeing these Jets receivers come up on the top of a lot of waiver wire lists because people are getting excited about, about Mike White, I it's Garrett Wilson and then a random guy after that. And I couldn't tell you with any degree of confidence that it'll be Corey Davis or it'll be Elijah Moore. Yes, they are pickups. If none of your bids go through and these guys are still hanging out there and you need a receiver, they're better than some of the other options out there. But I'm not crazy about them. It's just they did against the Bears, right? Like I, I'm not, I'm, and I know the Vikings are statistically not a very good team um, from a pass catcher perspective. I feel like the Vikings defense is significantly better than the Bears. So I'm not. This yeah. is this is a lot of overreaction. The Vikings this week, the Bills the following week, the Week 15 contest against the Lions. Okay, it makes sense. And you have the Jaguars Week 16. You mentioned the Jets end of season schedule. I'm fine starting Mike White because there's a certain floor of production that most quarterbacks get, especially when you have the talent that he does. Mm-hmm. But do you really feel like starting Corey Davis or Elijah Moore in the fantasy playoffs? That's a hard 
hard sell to me. And that's where I get a little bit more concerned. You're probably starting him in the consolation bracket, right? You drafted Elijah Moore, cut him finally, and then picking him up. I don't know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Avo- avoid yeah, your uh, Avoiding your tattoo penalties really is where you're, uh, <laughs> is what we're looking at here. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's a good point with it. You mentioned Jamison Williams at 39% rostered, uh, not playing this week. The Lions' end of season schedule is not great. I, this is going to be one of those where people are – literally wasting a roster spot all year long for a promise that is never going to happen in my opinion. And I, this is, it's not a good choice. It's, this is the same thing as you telling me not to have two defenses. I would rather have two defenses mm-hmm. than Jamison Williams. At this point. Yeah. It's a luxury to be able to pick up Jamison Williams is what I'm saying. It's if your starting mm-hmm. lineup is set and you just want a, a flyer possible home run with one of your last bench spots, you know, I'm not saying he'll come out and do what Amandra did last year for, you know, fantasy title winners, but, uh, um, again, it, it's a luxury. It's a good spot to be in. He's worth a mention in that case here. Um, but if you need a couple guys that'll probably produce more here in the next couple weeks, I wrote down Isaiah McKenzie. We talked about him on and off all year. 33% rostered. We know he's very capable of big games, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, but he's the clear wide receiver three in Buffalo uh, in terms of snack, snap count. And he has pretty tough matchups against the Patriots and the Jets ahead. Technically, he doesn't even have a plus matchup rest of season here. All defenses he'll face are currently ranked in the top half against opposing wideouts in PPR formats. And again, like I said, he's wide receiver three on his own team. Yes, possibly best offense in the league, but um, you can expect some heartbreak and a whole lot of risk with Isaiah McKenzie. Um, and then in a similar boat, Van Jefferson, 23% roster. He's pretty much the number one guy on an offense that will have to pass. You know, he's de facto last man standing type of situation. If you've ever believed in Van Jefferson in the past, now will be his best opportunity. Um, sure even you know with some probably shaky quarterback play here uh the rest of the way yeah i don't mind van jefferson actually um especially if they do i mean like whatever they have the third string quarterbacks bryce perkins this is a bad team but you're when bad teams are playing mm-hmm. you still are passing the ball yeah. I'm, I'm i'm basically very tor- torn between do i start van jefferson people's jones or uh or, or Traylon burks in stake league this week this next week is my wide receiver three it's got to be one of those three and i view them all relatively equally you know if i'm being honest here so uh i'm probably leaning burks but uh i'll probably change our line three times before that before i, like I actually have to make the decision we had a user uh user question kind of referring to jordan mason we talked about earlier but then he also oh, okay we actually didn't talk about jordan oh, mason I'm, earlier i was gonna i was so gonna I totally, just ignore we, that. we totally <laughs> skipped sorry. that and when you said jake runs some running backs i went underneath uh Najah oh, harris okay. all right uh, let's hear i just want okay so jordan mason i had a whole thing a spiel plan for this. Yes. Um, so, so some, uh, some context theory, Elijah Mitchell, another injury, yeah. same ear injury out six to eight weeks. Oof. Then you got Christian McCaffrey who has had his own history of health issues. He ain't 100% guys uh, left patella knee issue. I don't know if it's tendonitis, some kind of thing going to be a load management thing for McCaffrey here. So that leads me to believe they're probably not giving uh, Christian McCaffrey a hundred percent of or the carries or, you know, 20 plus carries in a game uh, because they have the long, the long term in the postseason on their mind. So in comes Jordan Mason, 0% rostered. He was the guy that got a few carries, but he was kind of the default guy because he was there and active for special teams. I think, I wouldn't go too crazy trying to pick up Jordan Mason. And if you want to be really sneaky about it, you maybe look at Tyrion Davis price because, uh, you know, he's inactive because he's not really playing uh, special teams. But if they need someone to get carries in the Elijah Mitchell role, I see it being more likely to be Davis price than Mason. Um, And Davis price is probably going to fly under the radar a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the draft capital associated with, Tyrion Davis Price makes me think maybe people are more familiar with him than Jordan Mason, who had won that role 
mm-hmm. begin the season, then just all 45 Niners backs got hurt like they always do. And we had to complicate things a little bit more. I really feel, and I, I had answered this in the question section, so you could tell me if I'm wrong, Jake. They're no different than the Jets, Steelers, and Falcons, Quagmire of running backs, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't differentiate six of these guys other than I, they probably should be rostered, but I don't yep. know who is better than the other. Yeah, here's a good way to put it. So, like, last week I was looking at my friend's 14-teamer. They needed a running back to start, and I ended up landing on Marlon Mack because the owners are savvy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, there's just nobody out there. This week, if you need a running back to start that's not going to get you a zero, there are going to be five options out there. <laughs> it's going to be a total crapshoot. You know, hopefully you pick up the Kenneth Gainwell or something out of mm-hmm. that group. Um, but uh, but so, so there'll be names out there, but there's not a lot of names that you feel really, really confident about unless their circumstances change drastically uh, between now and Sunday morning. So that was a good question by Scott, uh, prompted us in the Jordan Mason conversation. This mm-hmm. is a bad question by Scott. He had said, McKenzie went off against the Patriots last year, so I think he'll go off again. Wrong. That is not how that works. It's not like the, oh, the same Patriots defense from last year, same weather conditions, same Josh Allen. Immediately put, no, that, that, that's not how it uh, works. As much as Isaiah McKenzie mm-hmm. has been a fun gadget player for the Bills and has I hope had I opportunities. Go against yeah. uh, well, I'm just saying like that, that it, it's the approach is wrong. And I yeah. and, and we are trying to help everyone here on the Wave Wire show. That's the whole goal. The approach is wrong. Oh, yeah. They, now, there are there are exceptions. The, pa- the Packers, against any running quarterback ever in the history of their franchise, yes, play the running quarterback. Justin Fields, <laughs> if he's active, will run for 500 yards because the Packers yeah. suck. They are very mm-hmm. bad. I mean, but in 2022, every receivers. quarterback's a running quarterback, right? <laughs> Except for like Matt Ryan and yes. the, the last couple old retreads. But I, every, every quarterback in, is mobile to some degree. So I don't know. Maybe that's why the Packers have had their worst year in a while. Um, any interest in Richie James, Olamide Zacchaeus? Kendall Hinton or Anthony Schwartz? I know Allen was big on Schwartz and his sneaky ads, but I'm not quite seeing that. But maybe that's just me being a People's Jones lover. So I have interest in a certain Giants player, but it is not Richie James. And it's a bit of a spoiler uh, as we get to the tight end section. Before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsors. Monkey Knife Fight Football is officially back and has been all season long. With Monkey Knife Fight, uh, and you have all the action you're looking for NFL-wise or college football. Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no sour caps, no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com. And then get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. I know it's not quite on the list here, Jake, uh, yeah. but I actually have been looking at <laughs> Daniel Bellinger as nice. kind of my top pick. Now, I have been still struggling with the Kyle Pitts injury, and he was placed mm-hmm. in injured reserve. I have not found the right option. I had picked up Kate Otten. That was bad. I picked up Mike Jasicki. That was even worse. Well, um, can we just uh, – here? This is, there's nothing that illustrates the tight end situation more than the list of names that we ran through last week out of desperation. And normally I don't want to dunk on ourselves like this, but I, I, think, I think we can take it, Joe. Uh, we mentioned Evan Ingram last week. One target. Juwan Johnson, shutout, zero points. Mike Yusicki, shutout, zero points. Taysom Hill, two and a half fantasy points. Um, so that's what we're looking at tight end here. So I'm open to any ideas uh, because those are names that we thought uh, could at least get some floor of volume, but they have certainly not. Now, uh, you mentioned Daniel Bellinger. That's a name I forgot. It looks like a week 13 return is possible. He's got this eye injury here. He fractured his eye socket all the way back in middle of October. And if you remember, Bellinger had been kind of quietly yep. the tight, uh, the touchdown oh, recipient. I, I remember this conversation because MMA fighters fracture their orbital bone yes. all the time. Yes. And we're like, <laughs> oh, is this done for the season? And I look at him like, wait, he's questionable. He's like coming off of injured reserve. This is, they never put him on injured reserve. So it's been 
uh, towards the tail end of the six-week stretch where we thought he'd be back. He's gearing towards that point. Now with all the injuries the Giants have had overall, to have somebody back that Daniel Jones trusts unequivocally, which I think is Daniel Bellinger, I, he rises above the uh, tight end 18 through mm-hmm. 23 black crap. Uh, yeah, that's I could, where I think Bellinger is kind of above that group. Yeah, I could see him slipping off the line while opposing defenses load the box to go on to go uh, go after Saquon in the red zone, especially in short yardage situations. Throw those in, throw a little bit over the middle of the field. That's not too bad. Um, I also wanted to mention Foster Morrow because he's under our uh, threshold, 39% touchdowns in two of the last three weeks. Waller's still on IR. We have no idea what's going on with him. And again, we have to mention Jelani Woods. We have to go back into him from the Monday night game. I mean, eight catches, nine targets, 98 yards. Didn't score, but um, he looks like he has the physical attributes. And basically, he was their wide receiver, too. I mean, it was him and Pittman. You could argue you could argue he was their wide receiver, one. Now, granted, this was because Kylan Granson, the rookie that they have with a lot of draft capital, uh, is inactive due to illness. So, um, you know, Granson comes back. Maybe it goes back to being a giant cluster. But I don't. I think if you're the Colts and you're Jeff Saturday, you saw something in Jelani Woods and you want to keep him around uh, as an asset and part of the offense. So I'd argue that they actually have more draft capital than Jelani Woods, who I think was a, a third-round pick, uh, whereas Granson oh, is a fourth-round pick. Second, Grant the Grant's oh, a fourth runner and like a, a later one. At I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and I uh, I used the second round draft pick on Grantson in the Dynasty League, which I proceeded <laughs> to trade away to Pete, the number one Colts Colts fan. Yeah. For Zach Ertz, so clearly that didn't work out. But, well, I was going to yeah. say that's still a steal because I'm not positive Granson is all that good. And I mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and we've discussed this with Alberto Quagmanu and, um, and the Hackett, Nathaniel Hack. Uh, I when you are six foot seven. And run as fast of a forty as Jelani Woods has. This should not be hard. Just just get the big athletic guy involved in the game. But yet teams continue to struggle with this. It looks like the Colts may have like answered Julius, that question. Julius Thomas comp. Where do we go with this? I I think I mean Julius. That's a that's a the throwback. Denver right? Uh, yeah, yeah yeah. I mean that's like fifteen years ago. Um, I think if Julius Thomas wishes he could be this tall and this fast. And there's just, <laughs> there's going to be more of these athletes as we continue to progress on with how people train and get bigger and stuff like that. I mean, when you're talking about six, seven and running like a four, six, four, seven, 40, you can do things with it. So I, I like, I took Jelani Woods in our dynasty league. Uh, I like him a lot from that perspective. The Colts just have not used him. In four, that six, one forty. Yeesh. Right. Fast. 20, 24 bench press reps. Yeah. <laughs> Jake is discovering Jelani Woods' profile, which is why I've been uh, discussing him as much as I have. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was an eye test thing for me. He clearly passed that eye test with flying right. colors last night. Yes. And I don't know how they can go back to giving him any less than five targets a game. Any less than five targets a game would be criminal for the Colts. Granted, it is the Colts. So we cannot trust them to do the right thing. <laughs> it's, right. We, we, we've been doing this down the table. You, right? you talk about those hack jokes, but this uh, – <laughs> This this owner hired a center with no coaching experience. Now, mad respect to centers. Uh, that was me, but I could not pick up and uh, coach an NFL team uh, without any real NFL. That's why you're not a Hall of Famer uh, like Jeff Saturday. Is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here, so uh, but anyway, again, you have to you have to take a bit of a leap of faith and trust the Colts are going to do the right thing, which you know we just we just don't know. You know, so I would uh, much th- rather that, have Foster Moreau for sure. Uh, and and I don't mind in, in deeper leagues if you're really struggling. Like, that's just think the point and a half. Uh, super flex leagues that are out there right now. Like Jelani Woods might be an interesting case study in that one. But I also like Trey McBride, who has done nothing over the last two weeks now is on uh bye. You really it's 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 just yep. really hard oh, in this spot from a tight end perspective. You had mentioned Josh Oliver on the rundown two four catches 76 yards and a touchdown. Reminder that was a revenge game against his former team the Jaguars, who <laughs> should theoretically have a few more of their guys back. Isaiah yeah. likely was out for that exactly. game. I do not anticipate yeah. Josh Oliver gets that 
production moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, I mean, with the Ravens, their tight ends basically mix into their wide receiver depth chart. They're one of the same. So, uh, you know, Andrews is wide receiver one on that team. And uh, you go down the list like that. So whoever tight end two ends up as wide receiver four and uh, and can get you something. But yeah, Hunter Henry, 30% rostered. Basically had a two touchdown week. He had one that was called back. Still had 15 fantasy points. One of his better games of the season here. So uh, again, tight end wasteland. Um, I'm I'm looking at uh, I'm definitely looking at uh, Hunter Henry a little bit, and I will not make the mistake of benching him for Noah Fant in Dynasty League again. Uh, do you want to touch on the defenses real quick while I queue up the uh, roster uh, questions that we always see at the end of the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, as dreadful as the Packers looked on Sunday night, if they play a Bears team led by Trevor Simeon, you have to think about they them. can maybe win. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to think about the Packers defense then. Uh thirty seven percent obviously they're not as much of a sack threat without Rashawn Gary, but uh still can get a little pressure here and there. So uh they're an interesting one. But the top pick this week has to be the Seahawks, nineteen percent at the Rams. Again, they're on the road as well, but whoever the Rams throw out a quarterback is probably arguably going to be worse than Trevor Simeon. So go for the Seahawks. They're also the Jerry pick this week. Uh and um I don't think Payne put defenses in his article unless I read that wrong. Uh otherwise, Brown. Eight percent at Houston. Um, go for that. And then uh, I don't like that the first three teams I mentioned are road teams because that can get a little tricky mm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I do want to mention the Falcons. Six percent. They're actually at home against Pittsburgh. Now the Falcons defense is far from anything to write home about, but neither is the Pittsburgh offense. They look mildly competent Monday night, but they'll be back with Kenny Pickett, who has largely struggled. And likely without Najee Harris. And like I said, only home team of the bunch. So you can do worse streaming. But chances are you definitely weren't using the Cardinals defense. Definitely weren't using the Panthers defense. So you shouldn't have to stream this week. Though I will say if you were relying on the Tampa Bay defense or the Denver defense even, those are two defenses that were regarded as top five, definitely top ten, you know, in the preseason rankings here that aren't just automatic plug and plays anymore. So you can yeah. think about some of these streams here and uh, think about improving your team that way as we head into the playoffs. Uh, I I agree with you on that one. Now, I will say I'm actually picking up the Steelers. On the flip side of this, you, you mentioned the Falcons offense or defense. I'm picking up the Steelers defense now with T.J. Watt back. This is the same guy that picked up the Colts defense, thinking I'll take advantage of Kenny Pickett. That did not work out this Monday. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I would agree with you. Seahawks are the top pick, and I'll have to go ahead and look to make sure I didn't miss them in a few of the leagues that I'm, I'm going ahead. Are you ready for a few of these roster runs? Limited amount of questions mm-hmm. this time. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at some of these matchups here. I mean, the Broncos are on the road against the Ravens. I'd play the Seahawks before the Broncos this week. Yep, I would too. Yeah, I mean, the um, who else am I looking at here? Uh, okay, no, uh, Buccaneers are at home against the Saints. He could probably throw them out there for one more week on Monday night. But okay, let's let's try some questions. Let's see where we're at here. I think just two, maybe three here. So the first one, who should they play at flex this week? You got Cordell Patterson, your boy, Traylon Burks, Devin Singletary going against the Patriots, or Nico Collins, who should not even be this question. Um, I play Singletary. I, I would, I think, play Singletary too. However, wait, is it Singletary or Patterson? Well, I was saying was I was going to go with start? Traylon Burks. Actually, you know, like it's your your boy has been pretty. Yeah. good. it is the Eagles though, and and this should be a game where the Titans are probably doing less plays. I'd overall. watch the uh, the Eagles inactives, and you know, Gardner Johnson with his lacerated kidney. Is it? Is that what happened yeah, to Gardner no Johnson, or am playing. I mixing that like, up with somebody? No, you're else. right. It's more like is Darius Slay playing? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, you know what? Um. Ooh, you know, I, I'd be tempted to go with the safety in the floor of the running backs, but uh, 
let's let's go ahead and be bold and call it Traylon Burks breakout game. Throw okay. him in there. So I don't mind. I I forget if this was full point or half point PPR. You talked me out of it, Joe. <laughs> if if this is full point, I don't mind. I've, I'm impressed. And teams are willing to let Ryan Tannehill beat them. The Packers were dumb for doing so because they are just not a good enough team overall. But that's that's where I'm like, okay, if Burks is getting more involved, that's that's fine. The other question goes to uh, more of a fantasy playoff perspective. Think rest of the season. What do you think of Gus Edwards and Rashad White for the fantasy playoffs? Now, Rashad White started this past week with Leonard Fournette out. You had Gus Edwards uh, getting those 16 carries for 52 yards and touchdown because J.K. Dobbins was out. Kenny Drake was on your cut list, Jake. So what do you think about Gus Edwards and Rashad White? I would prefer Rashad White, I think, because uh, let's say Dobbins comes back, say Fournette comes back. I think Rashad White still gets more looks than – Gus Edwards, if both of those guys come back. And I'm thinking the question more like, a, are you fine rostering them? In which case, yes, for sure, for mm-hmm. Rashad White. And, and Gus Edwards, too. Yeah. I mean, that's worth a third or fourth running back and, roster spot. Yeah, and to me, it, it's, it seems more possible that Rashad White just overtakes Leonard Fournette okay. entirely I can't than it that. does then. I mean, so yeah, Gus Edwards could definitely overtake Dobbins in a sense where he'll see more carries in that early stretch. Uh, you know, but if Dobbins... Again, this is a huge ask because it hasn't happened for really the last several years now. But if Dobbins can put three or four or five games together um, and the Ravens are very much in that playoff hunt, um, he has to lead that backfield in week 16 and week 17. Well, and it's it's I mean, when the Ravens offense is most effective, you have both those guys getting 15 plus carries. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there doesn't have to be one that is starting over the other. And I think that's what the Ravens would prefer if. Okay, Gus Edwards still gets his 15 carries as usual, mm-hmm. but Dobbins gets better carries yep. in the 10 to 12 range. Yeah, and then, of course, if you talk any kind of reception value here for these leagues, Tom Brady's not going to take off running and Lamar is. Right. So there you have that right there. I hope that was a, a, a three-pillared answer uh, to help uh, to help that decision for you. Uh, Slim74 is sneaking one last question in under the gun here. Uh, thankfully, Jake, it's more or less what we've already answered before. This is a running back two D start. Devin Singletary, Cordell Patterson, or James Robinson, Mr. Healthy and Active himself. Well, you can't start James Robinson. You throw him out. It comes down to Singletary or Patterson. Um, well, I want to say Singletary, but that's about as much of a coin toss as you can get. Yeah, and obviously hard, harder matchup against the Patriots. Singletary's been getting plenty of the workload, but harder matchup. I believe the Bills' offense is good. Like I believe the team is good. I know they had some dumb losses yep. and things, but they're, they're a good team. And even if it's the Patriots, who seem to have Josh Allen's number quite often, I think they are going. To, a good team is going to prevail over the Patriots and Bill Belichick. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Oh, Br- Brian Robinson, I should say that might change things. Brian Robinson and not James Robinson. Oh, jeez, yeah, that, so that Brian, might, yeah, that might change things a little bit. Brian Robinson, <laughs> Brian who's gotten Robinson. a lot of against the Giants. So okay, Brian yeah, again, that's, that, that's why we got to specify first names and questions here. So he's going against the Giants, coming off of his best game. All season long, Singletary, meanwhile, has been an absolute model of consistency, really. Um, ooh, Patriots are number one against opposing backs. That uh, that makes me a little bit scared. I actually like Brian Robinson, I think. Interesting. I think Don't- I'm still going to take Singletary. Uh, I, I, I feel confident enough about his workload. It's tough. Robinson has a bye week 14, right? So they can just they can give him another super high volume game and he seemed to he's uh, again this could change week to week, but he definitely looked like a better runner than Gibson last week. Yeah, I'm just not convinced Robinson's a very good runner overall. So just because he Plus he's got the big hats, game. man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Giants talk to, uh talk to him about your big hats. Bottom I, third in terms of overall <laughs> points allowed to running backs, yeah. even though with Robinson just being your pass catch, I'm sorry, 
runner and Gibson, your pass catcher. There's some interest. I'll go Singletary. You go Robinson. That's fine. Uh, all right. That does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the Word Aware NFL podcast brought to you again by No House Advantage. We've only got two more weeks of this uh, for at least the regular season. We'll get you geared up for the playoffs as well, too. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and best of luck to your fantasy lineups. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.